So welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Stop Boosting. Today, this is our 11th, 11th 12th, 12th episode. episode. <laughs> oh, wait, I, okay, yeah, I wrote the right name, number for this, this session edit on our thing right here. So today we got, we got Bolus on the podcast, and so, you already know myself and Ahmed. So Bolus is someone I met at an event I went to called the Founders Institute. It's where people who are ingenuitive in who have ideas, who want to innovate and work for themselves, go. And they try to work with other people to get an idea off the ground. And I'll let, let Bolus say a little bit about himself first and talk about his company, or Gentum. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the right pronunciation. Okay. I never, never knew I was saying it right. <laughs> or Gentum. Oh, yeah? Should I, should I just like, go ahead? Okay. Yeah. What's up? My name is Bolus. I co-founded a company called Argentum with some some of my bros, and uh, yeah, it's pronounced Argentum. That's what it is. It's a Latin word. It means silver. Uh, it's the most efficient metal at conducting electricity. That's what we're all about here at Argentum. is really high energy efficiency, and that's why we uh, we picked that name. It's a really geeky thing, but um, but yeah, I started this company in 2015. I was still studying, so I was part time. Up until 2018, like near the end of 2018, uh, and I spent 2019, a full year, full time on the business. Um, yeah, now we're a team of five people, and uh, hopefully growing. We'll see where it goes. Save buildings uh, a lot of energy. That's what we do. We save. We look at how we can save uh, commercial buildings uh, energy by targeting uh, wasted energy. So we look at places where energy is wasted. Uh, a lot of things waste a lot of energy, like lights. Um, lights waste like 20 to 30 percent of the electricity that goes. So like 20 to 30 percent of the electricity that goes into lighting just gets converted into heat. So we look at sources like that to make lights more efficient. And 20 to 30 percent translates into 20 to 30 percent more money back in the pockets of the building owners. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a really significant problem. Yeah. So that's pretty much what we do. That's who I am. That's cool. So, so Argentum, you said it's the, it's the most conductive metal. Well, silver. like silver. Argentum is Latin. It's a Latin world oh, word for silver. silver. So, like silver on the periodic table of elements is Ag. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ag is Argentum. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't use silver in our wires. We use copper just because we would have like a theft problem probably <laughs> if silver was all up in the wires. Even, even the copper is a theft problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some countries they have this like issue. Yeah. Yeah, so Copper at like utility companies, uh, like hydroelectric companies, mm -hmm. they have to protect like they have security cameras off the transmission stations, yeah. just so people don't go in and take them. Because those are big spools. I've seen them. They're yeah. massive spools of wire, yeah. like that get yeah. like laid. There's a lot of like underground transmission, and like it's pretty wild. So it makes <laughs> sense why you guys uh, use copper instead of silver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess like silver. We would think the next level. Get a theft issue. So so part of the business isn't actually the metal you use. It's just the guy no, it's just a for fun oh, yeah, name. Sense, yeah, yeah, just a for fun name. Because like we're all about like energy efficiency. So we were trying to like think like how could we make a name that has something to do with energy efficiency. So yeah, no one really gets that. But no one really gets it. But like whatever. Like no, yeah, cool. it's a nice name. To yeah, say but when people realize, they, that's when they start geeking out, right? Like you said. Yeah. <laughs> kind of geeking yeah. out. Like, <laughs> everyone makes fun of the geeks, but then they steal their names in the end goal. I guess, I guess. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I don't know. When, when, yeah. when you're like a kid, before Marvel became big, 
they'll make fun of you for reading Marvel comics or reading something that's comic based. But now everyone's a comic nerd. mainstream, I guess. Like, yeah, it's right. become more mainstream because it's in the movies more. I guess it was in the movies before too, but right now it's like a very mainstream Hollywood. Yeah, so everyone's uh, geeking yeah. out and like people hate on geeks, but geeks rub the world. So did you like? <laughs> yo, you're calling him a geek, bro. This guy's I'm a cool. A geek, bro. Just, okay, okay, I'm not a geek. Okay? <laughs> I, I consider myself. Well, I like I like geeks. But the word geek means like I don't know. That's negative connotation. No, you, I guess you, so. you like. What do you do outside of work? You, you what do I do outside of work? Yeah, like are you into video games or like were you always? Were you sporty? What were you doing outside? Just your business and work. That's it. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That's <laughs> what do I do outside of work? I do more work. But like, you know, like, um, I guess it's different when you when you have like when you work on on a business that's yours. Uh, there's like this. There's there's no longer like a work like work and life are not like too discreet. Distinct things. It's like you mesh them together, and it's fun because like the stuff I work on is super fun. Uh, I really like what I do. I learn a lot. So your, your background is electrical engineering. Pretty fun. Yeah, I studied. I have a degree in electrical engineering. Yeah. That's yeah. That's pretty sick. And then since starting your company, right? Mm -hmm. And like with your boys, do you like how do you guys come across like starting? Like, when did the first the idea first come into your mind? Oh man. Okay. So deep in, yeah. yeah. All right. Let me let me think of how to like how to retrace the steps. This is 2015. I'm talking. This is like half a decade ago. <laughs> Five years ago now. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I was. Uh, so, so this is like I was walking down the street. This is like I remember how it happened. I'm trying to like say it in a in a way that's like appropriate for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and also, okay. and also like, to give everybody credit. I think podcast has like a filter because you see some other podcast people say some. It's not just that. Like I've said this story so many times. So like the story, this is like, it's also like out in. The, if you search up my name, you'll like you'll find how I started the business and like what's in there. So I'm trying to like stay accurate to what I've said in the past. <clears throat> so so essentially, like I was, I was walking uh, one day, and uh, there's a hot dog cart. And you guys, like, you know hot dog carts. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to explain a hot dog yeah. cart. But, um, yeah, I noticed this guy was, like, like for the first time, I noticed that the hot dog cart had a gasoline generator. And, okay, like, don't judge me. I was, like, trying to figure out, like, what was going on with this gasoline generator. He has a propane tank running the stove. I realized the gasoline generator was used for the lights. And I just did the math real quick. And he had 100-watt light bulb. But he had a one kilowatt generator, so he was wasting 900 watts of energy. It stunk up the joint. It was uh, it's bad for the environment. It's bad for the food. Like it's really loud. It's obnoxious. So I was just trying to figure out. I was like, I was like, okay, he could be using uh, an LED light. For those of you that don't know, uses like maybe like five watts to get the same amount of light as a hundred watt incandescent light bulb. And then. Uh, so I was trying to figure out, I was like, why doesn't this guy just use a battery? He could charge it up every night when he goes home. He could bring it back the next day. He wouldn't have to pay for gasoline, right? Um, so I tried to, like, that's where it, this, is, this is where this all started. And uh, I basically tried to go around selling this idea to, to hot dog carts. Oh, it's like, I'm going to charge up these batteries, distribute them across the thing. And I had this whole operation. But it was a terrible idea because people who own hot dog carts, they don't have enough money to invest in like technology. They have enough money to buy more hot dogs. Um, yeah, that's why I sort of like pivoted. 
Yeah, but that's cool. You yeah. Solve problem and sort of like formulating a solution in your head. Yeah. Very engineering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry. So it, basically, what I was saying was, uh, you, you saw the problem and you you started formulating the solution in your head mm -hmm. and then you brought the solution to the people. Yeah. And uh, by doing that, you you initiated your entrepreneurial career. Would you say that, or you were doing things before that as well? I didn't even think I was going to be an entrepreneur at that point in time. Yeah, I didn't know what the word really was. Um, yeah, I was still going to get a job. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I joined uh, the DMZ at Ryerson, mm -hmm. some group that was meant to like bridge the gap between entrepreneurship and student life. And I didn't even know what the word was. I just like I jumped in because someone recommended that I should. Okay. I should apply. They thought I would be like entrepreneurial, and then I started really like getting into the whole like uh, I guess like schema things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a word for it. It's like the ecosystem, the mm. words, the language, the media. Like, it's a different, it's a whole different world, right? Like, yeah. And so, so I, I really like dove into that. I cut myself out from mainstream media, mm. so I, I, I no longer consume, or I didn't. I, I now have a balance of all things, but I, for a while. I didn't consume any mainstream media. I was just oh, really? consuming entrepreneurial content and really trying to like educate myself. Like I found it really fascinating mm -hmm. uh, that people could like be entrepreneurs. Like I knew who Elon Musk was, yeah, but yeah. I didn't like associate the word entrepreneur with Elon Musk. I didn't really like think about that. Oh, like my, I was gonna go work at AMD uh, in oh. like processor design. And, I know like, guys. I was gonna design processors for AMD. Like, <laughs> that's what I. That's what I wanted that's, to do. That's pretty competitive now, especially with them beating Intel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But I, I really like what I do now. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just a lot like, it's a lot different. Being an entrepreneur is like, especially in the like early stages, mm. you got to do everything, and it's like so like, it's crazy. Mm. It's crazy the amount of like different things you have to be good at. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I worked at like AMD, I probably would have just had to one be really thing. good at one thing. Yeah. Um, but this allows me to like sharpen my skills, and I feel like that's like my favorite thing. My favorite thing is like being good at so many different things. I feel so, like that's like kind of like addicting. Yeah. So you like to be a jack of all trades with your skill sets. I like to be a master. Master of all trades. Because ah, I know the I know the saying. <laughs> yeah, jack, jack of all, all trades. trades. Jack of all trades is not good enough. It doesn't cut it in entrepreneurship. Yeah, I feel exactly. like you have to be a master of like master of many trades, not all. Master yeah, of many. You have to master many things. And then as you go along in your entrepreneurial journey, uh, you start to then delegate those tasks that you master to other people, and then yeah. you become a master of managing people. And then a master of managing managers, and you don't have to longer be a master of doing the work, but a master of like you, you, you got to be like the maestro in orchestra. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like orchestrating the thing to make being it a move. CEO. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so the people you're with now, working with now, they're your friends from university or from outside of university? Yeah. So I, I founded. Um, yeah, these these people that I'm working with like currently today. Mm. Um, these are people I just met, like throughout, like through university, uh -huh. through connections. Yeah, I didn't have any like lifelong. Yeah, yeah, there were people involved in the business that were like lifelong, like, yeah, people I've known for my entire life. Um, yeah, some of the like the there there was like one individual like mm. it was a mix. Yeah, it's a mix of the people, yeah, the yeah, talents, people the different met, talents. Yeah, people I like met, people I've been working with, like for mm. people I've known for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've known all these people for like ever. So do you consider like? Because I've been working, with, I work with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so how many co-founders are there in total? Like, um, 
wow, so many people, I consider like everyone on the found, like on the team today, like a co-founder, yeah. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And so many people that like, uh, even people that are not a part of the team today who were, who were a part of the team, I yeah. consider those people co-founders as well. Okay. People who put in any type of like... Work? Any type of work into the early stages of the business, like those, those people are, you know, they... They came in at the ground floor. They uh, contributed yeah. something to the mix. They took those risks, right? To be a risks. part of it. Yeah, Take, to be a part put their of time it. in there. Yeah. Anyone who, like, yeah. I have mad love to all the people who, like, you yeah. know, tried to, tried to help out with the vision. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's hard to find those people, first of all, and then getting people committed is also a challenge. You really have to sell them on the idea. Do you, did you yeah. ever find yourself selling those people the idea? Well, like, that's, yeah. uh, that's my job. Uh. My job title. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, well, that's my job description. It's like I have to sell the vision. Um, uh, so like selling to people, selling to investors, uh, selling to my coworkers, and not just selling, you know, like because if I can't convince, like here's the way investors see it: like if you can't convince a team of people to work on something with you, uh, how are you going to convince us to give you money, right? And how are you going to yeah. convince customers to give you money? Yeah, makes so, sense. So you have to like convince people, and it's not just like I'm not convincing people that like to work with me. I'm I'm trying to like I have to a be able to articulate. Because uh, the idea will sell itself. Like the stuff we work on sells itself. I don't have to sell anything. But I have to now. My job is to articulate that idea to people in a way that they will easily understand it. That's my job. Articulating the things in my head in a way that's easy for people to understand. Right. Uh, not selling it because it sells. Its, I get idea what you're is saying. supposed to sell itself. I'm saying. just articulating the idea to them. But uh, but yeah, I don't think it was really difficult to get co-founders. Maybe because of this point. Yeah. Because I'm not selling an idea. I'm just articulating an idea that's actually really good. Already working. Uh, and that's the way I see it. So I didn't find it difficult to find people, especially in this age of networking. Uh, like one of my co-founders, I found through connections, actually, just like asking for recommendations. Yeah. Um, one of the people we work with, who I can still consider a co-founder, but are like our lead developer, um, who's I, who I found through AngelList. Which is kind of like the LinkedIn of startups. Oh, Angel. Yeah. Angel investors. Like, is that what it is? Angel. Angel. I've heard of that. Like an angel investor platform where right. angel investors can meet startups. But mm. now it's just like LinkedIn. It's uh, literally a LinkedIn, but for the startup ecosystem. Yeah. That's so cool. That is so cool. That yeah, is cool. Pretty cool. Dude, I'm blown away because Kana met you before, but I had yeah. no idea who you were. So <laughs> I didn't know how to explain like, you. So I'm like, yeah, okay, just okay. wait for you to come out and then you guys meet right each other. Right. He's going to be ex- mind blown. Like, so on your journey, right? Yeah. What are some things like you said you like had that kind of like you learned from that kind of failure with the hot dog industry? Yeah. And trying to like get them to go eco friendly, green yeah, with batteries. Yeah. What other failures do you think? You think you you learn from your failures when you're trying to build this business that of yours? Oh, hundred percent, man. So like the the whole hot dog cart thing. Uh, so we built the technology that we have today. We have lots of technology. Like we're heavily involved in R and D, but a few of our technologies are patented. Uh, so we have a few U.S. granted patents and a few Canadian ones pending. Um, so that technology was built for the hot dog carts, and. <laughs> What a waste, right? Like, but we ended up pivoting because the technology was so fundamental. It was a, like a fundamental shift in the way we do things. Um, for how do I describe this in a way that's not super technical? So basically, um, we have we have a, a a fundamental understanding of the way we use electricity. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's a very fundamental understanding at the very fundamental level. Um, what we did was we, we created some IP that sort of shifts that fundamental understanding um, through just the clever use of physics. 
And so we shifted the way we clever, we, we use electricity, just the way we think about how we use electricity. Um, and we, we patented that. Uh, and those patents were granted, uh, US patents were granted, two of them. And so we thought, like we were, we were devastated when the whole hot dog thing was like, oh my God, the tech, yeah. geez. Then we pivoted and we found an application in solar. Uh, and then, so we were like, okay, great, application in solar. Um, by the way, I, by solar, I mean like solar photovoltaics. We yeah, use solar yeah, yeah. energy to generate yeah. electricity. So we thought like, okay, this is our application. We spent years building a product for solar mm. uh, just to find out that the economics were changing. Um, solar panels, for people that don't know, solar panels basically like spiked. Solar panels have been around for like decades. Right. We've known about solar, uh, generating solar electricity for a very long time. But only recently, in the past decade, have the prices of solar panels dropped dramatically, right? Yeah, because wasn't that because of the graphene technology, or? Well, it's a, it was a mix of technology and just economies of scale. Yeah. Like manufacturing of solar panels just increased so much because of the demand, and it's just like this supply-demand positive feedback loop that uh, drove the price of the panels down. And essentially, what the technology that we were building for solar was to make solar more efficient, right? And we were, we've always been about energy efficiency. So to make solar panels more efficient. But no one needed us if they could get cheaper solar panels because they didn't care if their solar panel efficiency was bad. They would just buy more solar panels, right? They didn't need to spend money making their system more efficient. They could just buy more solar panels and get more energy. Uh, so that was bad news for us. Good news for the solar industry and good news for the planet. Bad news for us. <laughs> so again, we were devastated. Second mistake. We didn't see this coming. Uh, that was a lesson I learned. We should have been watching the market. Uh, we weren't watching the market as closely as we should have been. Um, that was a big lesson I learned. But, you know, we, we took a little break and uh, we were looking for pivots. So we came into this. This is a terrible problem for any entrepreneur to have is when you have a solution but no problem. Oh my God, it's so backwards. Because you're supposed <laughs> to have the problem but no solution. Yeah. And then find the solution and then you're in business. Um, but you're working the other way around. You're working the other way around. <laughs> I don't recommend that at all. It was a terrible, terrible thing to do. Uh, but eventually we landed in, in buildings. And so what we do now is we build very efficient microgrids for buildings. Um, uh, I can talk a little bit about that. It doesn't sound, it sounds very technical, no, but it's actually it. very intuitive. I want to hear it. Right? Okay, yeah. here, let me blow your mind. <laughs> okay. So um, basically... All of the devices you use, mm. almost everything, like 99% of everything you use, okay, at home, at work, anything that consumes electricity, um, consumes something called direct current or DC power, yeah, yeah, right? So your laptops, anything digital is all DC-based, DC direct current. So for anyone that doesn't know what direct current is, it's basically a type of electricity that just stays the same. It doesn't change in power level or it doesn't change in voltage. Right? So that's like your batteries. Your batteries are always, like if you're AA battery, you're plain vanilla, mm -hmm. it's 1.5 volts always until it dies. Mm -hmm. Now the power in your wall socket, all right, mm -hmm. when you plug stuff into the wall, that's AC, that's alternating current, right? It swings from positive 120 volts to negative 120 volts. Mm -hmm. Now every time you, you want to use any of your devices, like charge your phone, charge your laptop, power up your TV, like whatever, right? You have to plug in a little brick to the wall, right? To convert that to DC so that you can charge your phone. And that yeah. brick heats up, right? How many times you touch the 
the Apple iPhone charger or your Samsung yeah, charger yeah, or whatever warm. charger. It's warm, right? <laughs> yeah. Your laptop charger warms up. That's wasted energy. That energy waste, that's like typically, typically, like if it's a good charger, it's like 80%. You only get 80% of your power, so you're wasting 20% of the energy. That's 20% extra power you're paying for that you're not using. So that's 20% of your bill that's just going wasted as heat. And in the summertime, you got to cool the house down, right? Yeah. The 20% heat's being, so you're going to, you're now your, your cooling load is higher. This is ridiculous. It's craziness. Mm -hmm. um, there's many reasons for this. If anyone's familiar with like Tesla and Edison, yep. Thomas Edison and, and Nikola Tesla, it really dates back to them of wow. why we, we use AC. And it's just like, you know, Edison was a better businessman. Also, his technology was, was better. Uh, Tesla's tech was ahead of his time. But you know, that's what we do here. At yeah. Argentum is we're bringing back that DC. We make DC microgrids okay. into buildings. We make buildings super efficient through this use of DC. Uh, yeah, that's what we do here. DC microgrids to avoid yeah. the energy loss and basically yeah. make the buildings more efficient. Yeah. It seems straightforward. Oh, it's super straightforward. It seems like someone... Yeah. Okay. We have some, yeah. like, the reason it's not straightforward and you don't see it a lot today yeah, yeah. is because DC has uh, DC has this, like, safety issue. Where AC, like all electricity has a safety issue. You need to isolate, yeah. right? Uh, you don't want yourself connected right to the wall outlet. That's why everything you plug into the wall that transmits, like that converts to DC for your phones, your laptops, mm -hmm. whatever, it has a, a transformer inside that isolates you from the wall, right? In DC, you can't use a transformer. So you can't really isolate yourself from the wall. So that's the IP we have. It covers transformerless isolation. It covers isolation. So just safety devices that we make that allow us to do DC microgrids, whereas people try to avoid DC yeah. because of this uh, safety issue. So it's like, would you say you have a, like a, a transformer in the power outlets that you create? So it's like a GFI out every outlet in the house, so then so when you send yeah, DC GFI through the house... the ground fault interrupt. Yeah. Basically, if there's a fault in the, in the ground, like basically like you don't want to, you don't want to get shocked, right? Yeah, so like yeah. usually you have GFIs in the bathroom where water, you can get a shock yeah. hazard from water. So no, we don't, we don't make that. We just, we make a type of like, um, an isolation. So you stay isolated from the wall. Basically, if you get, if you like, I'll, I'll put it like this. If you, uh, plug in your iPhone charger into the wall, the output of that charger is safe, right? Cause you could plug it into your phone. You can even like stick a, a needle inside and like start messing around. Nothing's going to happen. But if you did that to your wall outlet, you'd be fried, right? So the reason why that is is because there's a safety device inside that little uh, brick, the same brick as your laptop charger. There's a safety device called a transformer, and it isolates you from the wall. But there's nothing like that in the DC domain, right, for direct current. That's what we, that's what we patented. We patented isolation in direct current. Oh, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. Right now we're... We're in the process of convincing people that this is a thing. As you can imagine, people people think we're crazy. But we have working prototypes. No, I don't. I just yeah. somebody who doesn't have like an electrical engineering background, but I know a lot of electrical engineers. I'm an cool. accountant. Yeah. I can understand what you're doing. But yeah. I, the things that come to my mind are like building fire codes. Like, do they take into consideration the different like power that's going into yeah, the buildings? Man. You know, like the the whole like standards thing, codes and all that. Yeah. Uh, DC is pretty new like mm. DC microgrids. And the reason, the thing that's propelling it is that solar is DC. Yeah. Okay, batteries are DC. Oh, so like the future of energy is DC. Mm. Uh, but the past hasn't been, so all the standards are written for AC. So I actually like have a few articles that are written by the standards organizations like CSA yeah, that yeah. talk about DC and how there's like a lack of standards, but it's the future and like, yeah, man. Like 
I, it, it's exciting to be at the like leading edge of the technology. And like honestly, people have known about this for a long time, so it's not like news. Yeah. But uh, I think right now what's happening is it's gaining traction, gaining like attention. It's getting its, it's popularity. Yeah, it's just like mainstream. solar panels. Like yeah. we've known about solar panels for for like decades. We've known about solar panels, but it's only in the past like five yeah. years has it really been past five ten years has it really been like oh, we're putting solar panels everywhere. Like, yeah, solar can, farms. Like, solar farms. See solar yeah. panels. Yeah. yeah. So like the hydroelectric grid, a bunch of solar companies are connecting to it now yeah. more off more frequently than before. Yeah. And the White House had solar panels on it like 50 years ago or 60 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy how yeah. far in time it's come. I guess before the problem was people thought it was too expensive. And now. I think the other problem with this stuff is the technology adoption is really slow because it's not sexy. This yeah. tech is not like, it's not like phones. Like yeah. phones, like tech moves are quick. Yeah. Um, that is so true. <laughs> yeah. Cell phones, like, you know, like, every you know, week, like, every week there's like a different phone with a different feature. Your phone yeah. from two years ago is outdated and yeah. like outdated to the point where like, you know, it'll start like lagging the software. Like yeah. it's just like using too much of the hardware. The hardware can't keep up. You need to get new hardware. Yeah. The hardware is moving like really quickly. It's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Man. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Cause if, if, if there was also money in it, there was a lot more money in it. It doesn't have mainstream appeal. Like, you know, like cell phones have mainstream appeal. Everyone has a cell phone. But like, yeah. do people really care about solar panels? No, not, not really. They care about the idea of solar panels. You know, the green. These are groups of my people. Planet, yeah. My planet, the air I breathe is okay. But it's not directly affecting my everyday life the same way a cell phone does. So like, I, I get the technology adoption is not. And the like R&D dollars, they're not that high because the consumer market is not pushing it's more but, of the enterprise so, but also the consumer market is still too expensive for them because right now you have to take out loans and everything if you want to yeah. truly get solar panels on your homes because like it maybe costs you like thirty thousand dollars for a solar panel system so you're gonna have to like lease it like a car if you don't have the money for it yeah a lot of companies a lot of houses don't even buy solar panels like a lot of these solar installations on the roofs uh it's actually just solar companies aggregators that are leasing the roofs from the customers yeah. Houses. So the, so the house doesn't even own the panels until they pay off the lease or the no, loan. So no, they can generate for like the grid, right? Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Well, well like no, no, no. This is an entirely different business. Oh, model. okay. It's okay. just that like if I have a house, uh, the solar panels on my roof—they're not even mine. They're owned by some other company yeah. who's just leasing the space on my roof. That's so they're paying they're you money. Like paying me rent to rent yeah. my roof. That's it. And uh, that's—I think that's the majority of solar installations are like that, and oh, they're owned by something called aggregators. And the aggregators, they just they own and operate these solar installations. It's the same thing as Maintain like, so it like and wind everything. farms. People yeah. build out wind turbines in like their big backyards yeah. and stuff. I mean, yeah, like yeah. I, I really do like the consumer market because yeah. like people vote with their dollars, so mm. it's the best product wins. In the enterprise market, it's a or like B two B commercial market, it's a little bit different. Um, it's based more on like yes, it's based on best product wins, but it's also now based on a whole bunch of other factors like relationships. Um, it's based on a different type of marketing because you're not, it's not the same marketing. No, B2B no. marketing is totally different. And, uh, so, so the thing that like this sort of tech lives in the B2B enterprise commercial space. And that's why we're focused on commercial buildings. Yeah. But do you think, uh, Tesla's, uh, push for the cheaper solar cells, like solar panels. I'm talking about like, Tesla, the company, right? Yeah, the Tylos. Okay, Tesla, okay, Tesla, solar Tylos. Oh, solar, solar Tylos, okay. That they're developing will actually help with the consumer market. Is because that's what he's trying to do in a consumer market. Is it a separate company? Oh, he has a separate... It's uh, Solar City. Solar or... City, yeah, they bought it. Tesla acquired Solar City, which was like owned by his cousins anyway. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. He was... He was yeah. It was related somehow to Solar City before the acquisition. Oh, interesting. But, um, yeah, that's, no, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think solar tiles are cool. I think it's way ahead of its time. I don't know how, like, solid the tech is right now. Like, solar has, people don't understand, solar has this, like, solar has a lot of issues. It's not as simple as, like, hooking up a solar panel to uh, a battery and boom. Like, you have, you have solar power. Yeah. Um, you have to do a whole lot of things to, like, get useful energy out of a solar panel. Yeah. You need to do something called maximum power point tracking. You need to track, you need to actually track the energy coming out of the solar panel. Uh, and you need to keep it, you need to, like, manipulate the energy coming out of the solar panel in order to get the maximum efficiency. Right. And then you have this issue where if you have a whole bunch of solar panels uh, and a cloud rolls over unevenly, like shading, yeah. it's called partial. It's called uh, uh, it's called partial shading. If you partially shade a solar panel array or an array of like solar panels, you get issues. Oh my God, there's so many issues. Solar yeah. is not easy. So your so, so your business it, it doesn't really rely on the fact that it's solar energy or hydroelectric no, or anything. So so the good thing about that is. Like I see a problem with solar because you half the day you're not getting any light in Canada. Like if you have hydroelectric like power, that's flowing constantly. You just open like you you increase hydroelectric power is not flowing constantly. It's not. It's flowing constantly like in waterfalls. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the, the dams, right? The dams. But the dams, like the way they get the water up the dam, like they have to pump it up the dam. Yeah. Unless it's like rain. I'm, so I'm not a hydro expert. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I'm pretty sure like hydro. Like, you either got to wait for rainfall or, like, natural water cycle to get the water up. Like Niagara, right? But like a lot Niagara. of dams are, like, well, Niagara, yeah, Niagara's natural yeah. Yeah, natural yeah. cycle. Yeah. But um, a lot of dams are, are un like, they're not natural. They pump the like water Hoover up. Like Hoover Dam, right? Oh, really? And then they store it. That's how they store the energy when the energy's cheap. And they where, let like, it they flow. They have a surplus. Right. And then when they when they need to let it flow, that's an inefficient process. Through the turbines and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, no. that's an inefficient process. The yeah. most efficient process is the sun. The sun is, like, always, I mean, like, all all yeah. energy comes from the sun. Yeah. yeah. Except for except for uh, nuclear. Even the water flowing is coming from the sun. The water right? flowing is sun. Yeah. Coal <laughs> is sun. Gas yeah. is sun. Yeah. It's all it's all sun. Like the Earth is a big battery. But um, I think the only thing that's not sun is nuclear. Yeah. Uh, nuclear is a whole different beast. But um. But luckily for you, that's not a problem. Doesn't matter where the energy comes from. You can help. Yeah, we don't, we don't care. Yeah, we're like, see, we used to be just primarily solar. Yeah. Uh, but now we're just DC in general. Like any any DC power. Yeah. Our company also makes uh, a whole bunch of environmental sensors for the indoor environment of the building. Uh, so we do a lot of indoor environmental quality. We're very holistic, trying to like yeah. understand the building itself and how to use energy efficiently. Okay. Make sure the lights are on when they need to be. Uh, Yo, do, you, do you want to segue into Scarborough? Segway into Scarborough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I will, I will hop on my Segway and we'll. we'll <laughs> <on Scarborough>. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say one more thing about the business and then okay. Segway back into yeah, Scarborough yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, because we'll uh, the Segway warm up. Because what I was gonna ask is like, in, like since you started these companies, right? Do you yeah. see yourself starting other companies as a like a, as a business owner? Wow, this is a, so. This is a very deep question for me. Is like so. So here's here's how I see it. Like, I've chosen a career path. And the career path is called entrepreneurship. So I'll probably be on this career path for until I retire. And so whether it's whether it's this current business that I'm in or a new business, new idea, new whatever, I don't really care. Right? So I would love to like I would love to build the next Google, right? Or the next like Shopify or the next like whatever. Like that would be awesome. So like I would I would really like I would really love to build a, a robust uh, really durable company 
they call them phoenixes, the companies that last like 100 years or more. And You've heard of unicorns, right? Yeah. yeah Those yeah. are the billion dollar valuation. But really what's more valuable than a unicorn to me is like a phoenix. Something that lasts like 100 years longer, 100 plus years. That's a really durable business. I would love for that to happen. Um, that's not always the case. A lot of companies get absorbed by acquisition into larger companies. Okay. Um, so then I would be a serial entrepreneur. Start another. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, That'd totally. Awesome, yes and no. Depends where the wind takes me. We're happy. We're happy to have him this early on. So <laughs> like, yeah. for 20 years down the road, they'd be like, "Wait, Paul Supreme was on. Stop boosting." Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we, we we're betting on your success. <laughs> Hope, um, hoping for everyone it. being on this podcast is going to be successful. I already know it. Oh, but know it. Awesome. in another okay. sense, <laughs> with your entrepreneurship, do you think you're ever gonna help Scarborough with it? Yeah, I couldn't imagine like, well, I live on the borderline of North York and Scarborough. Yeah. So technically my address is North York. Technically. Oh, so the borderline is Victoria so Park. For those so are familiar with the area. Yeah. I live like on just like a two minute walk west of Victoria Park, which is technically considered North York. I mean, yeah. honestly, it doesn't matter anymore. All of this is Toronto. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. They removed city of the Toronto. Yeah, yeah, city of Toronto. So now it's just like city of Toronto. So I'm from Toronto. Yeah. But um, I mean, like being on the borderline of of North York and, and Scarborough, like I spent most of my time in Scarborough because yeah. there's not much in North York, not much happening. Most of it's happening in uh, yeah, the food place Scarborough. Exactly. So like, yeah. well, Fairview Mall is North York. I mean, like whatever. This is all one place to me. Yes, to answer your question, I do. I do think that like yeah. I will probably be. Uh, in one in way, shape, or form, active in Scarborough, whether if it's if I live there, work there, or or have a home there, or like my parents' home, you know, like yeah, yeah. I have too many friends in Scarborough. I've yeah, I've lived in Scarborough for like more than 20 years, 20 years now, That's 21 awesome. years I've been in Scarborough. Yeah, yeah both of us have been in there for 25 years, so we know. 25 years, born yeah, in Scarborough. Born and raised I, Scarborough. I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. But I was born and raised. Okay, okay. I came I was, here. I was born in. Uh, in West End, Toronto, West End, like Kipling oh, area. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, okay. and then I moved cool. shortly after. Yeah. Nah, that's awesome. So basically, you grew up very similar area to ours. Mm -hmm. You had very similar upbringing, I'm assuming. Yeah. You went to high school in Scarborough. Uh, you went to university. You're at Ryerson, or yeah, I went to Ryerson. I went to I went to high school in Scarborough. Yeah. Um, and then I went to university. I, I studied here. So I went to high school. I went to Mary Ward. Okay. It's a school. In Scarborough, Canadian yeah, yeah. Steels area. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy, not Steels, Kennedy McNichol, but like Kennedy you know, you know yeah, the yeah. P Mall, P Mall area. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to the university here at Ryerson. Yeah. So. And then you did some certifications after to get like better at your business. Uh, I I saw. Uh, look me up. Look yeah, I looked you up on LinkedIn. <laughs> I forgot what they were though. You want to go through? Like, yeah, I did the like. Yeah. Uh, so I studied electrical engineering. So I have a degree in electrical engineering. I also mm -hmm. hold a certification for project managers. It's okay. called the PMP for yeah, people the PMP. familiar. So yeah, project yeah. management professional. And then I also did some courses. I did a course at UFT on commercialization of tech, so technology cool. commercialization, high tech stuff. And then I was in uh, German university. It was the University of Applied Science, uh, Munich University of Applied Sciences. I did a design thinking certificate there in, uh, in Munich. So did you? So you, you're. Uh, what I'm getting is you're a true believer in like continued education. And yeah, like, I'm always yeah. learning. I mean, like, yeah. if you're if you're not learning, someone else is learning, yeah. and they're eventually gonna surpass your level of knowledge, and then you lose. Uh. So, uh, so you have to have <laughs> you have to have a culture of learning. I think like you you should always be learning. Everyone on your team should always be learning, and then together you're 
cumulative level of knowledge. I mean, like, you know, the saying like knowledge is power. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 true. Like the well, like it's not just knowledge is power. It's like knowledge is part of the equation of power. And like, if you have, cause it, okay, like if you're all knowing, yeah. right? And it's impossible to be all knowing. But if if I was all knowing, I'd be a billionaire. Yeah. I just know everything, yeah. and this would be a walk in the park. But because I'm not all-knowing, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not like however people like want to use their knowledge. But um, so on the the more knowledge I I encompass, or like the more knowledge I not encompass, the more knowledge I I attain, and the more knowledge my team attains, and our company attains, and with and and um, retains attains and retains. Mm. Uh, and the better we use that knowledge, the more powerful we'll be. The more like yeah, that's it's a very logical, very very logical. Yeah. Cool. I want you to meet some of our last guests, man. Like Mario would be a cool yeah. guy to talk to. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ricky. If you ever hear, listen to the, the podcast called Mario the Engineer. You understand why yeah. he would want you to meet Mario. Okay, okay. <laughs> you guys, you guys have similar mindsets. You're step, a few steps ahead of him, so it's gonna be cool. Cool, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like I'm very like logical. Yeah. Like super like this thing, this stuff can all be like modeled mathematically like. Yeah. 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 No, he him too. He's an electrical engineer, but even our he buddy sounds Ricky, like Mario to me. Our honestly. buddy Ricky <laughs> in a lot of his ideas. <laughs> yeah. So it's very cool, man. It's inspiring for us because we grew up like very similarly to you. So we know like seeing your example and sharing your example motivates people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think your community can benefit a lot by knowing you know, of your like experiences and what you can do. Yeah, totally. I, I love talking to other entrepreneurs, learning from them. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts from oh, yeah. other entrepreneurs too. Cool. Uh, yeah, one of my one, one of my favorites is uh, Reed Hoffman. Okay. Reed. Uh, he founded LinkedIn. He does a, a podcast called Masters of Scale. Oh, I heard of it actually. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty good. Pretty good one. Uh, there's a whole other Gary V. Do you listen to Gary V? I didn't listen to any Gary V, but oh. I, I respect Gary V as a person. He's yeah, he's successful. Awesome, player. awesome dude. Yeah. The Joe Rogan podcast, those type of Joe podcasts. Rogan podcast. Yeah. I didn't, I don't listen to it too much, but I know it's like one of the most popular ones. Yeah, it's so super I respect popular. That, yeah. yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, do you have any one any? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Do you think it's nature of the person or nurture or or is it nurtured to one beginning that they attain success? Like, are they born with it? Yeah. Like, do, do you think they... do you, someone is like with their environment that someone can nurture someone to be, see be successful, or is through their natural environment just what they do themselves, what they talk to, who they talk to? Yeah. Compared to like getting nurtured by your parents, your teachers, mm. do you think that will help you get better success? So, obviously, I don't know the answer to this, but <laughs> yeah. and I don't think anyone does. But here's the here's how I look at it: uh, is like in my personal success Experience. equation, or and I and I think this is like, I, I personally think this is the right answer, but mm-hmm. obviously, like whatever. Um, so in the in the equation for success, there's like a whole bunch of factors. It's like whoever took calculus. This is like multivariable calculus. Like there's this uh, big equation with a lot of different variables, and you know, like you you tweak and and tune the equation, and um, at one point the answer will be like success in like I guess the, what I'm talking about uh, success is like uh, I guess like successful business, like having a business that truly serves the customers in a way that provides. I like the 10x rule. I don't know who came up with the 10x rule. Was it Gary Vee? Was it? I don't know. Someone had I can't remember right now. Someone had the tax. It was basically like whatever, yeah. whatever, uh, whatever I take from the market, I give ten times more value back. That's uh, freaking crazy. How can you do that? How can you like? That's like me saying like, give me a dollar, I'll give you ten dollars. 
That's not possible. But the, you know, like companies are doing it. Some companies are giving 100x value back. So like I pay, mm -hmm. like you, what do you pay to use Google search? To Google search? Yeah, to no. use a Google search. Nothing. My, nothing. My data. <laughs> nothing. So they give you infinite more value yeah, back yeah, than, than what you get, right? Yeah. All, yeah. all your, all the, and they figured out the, their, everyone has that clever thing. So like success to me is like that. Is, uh, so I'm just defining success first. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that success is if I'm able to provide more value to my clients, customers, people I serve, people our business serves, mm -hmm. then I take in compensation. So if I can provide them more than 10 times the value, uh, then I take in compensation. That's to me success. So uh, that's driven by people. So uh, so here's the thing. Uh, it's it's a mix. It's a mix of the things you said. So. So I'm, I know I'm coming around it long, but I, I need no, to get the backstory in, so this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's a mix of like, sure, your genetics probably play a role. You could have like a gene that like, I don't know, maybe like you had an expressed gene that makes you, uh, you're able to live on five hours of sleep and you're solid, as if you had nine hours of sleep. That could like play that a role exist, in your success. Yeah. You know, you use your time more efficiently. If you use your time more efficiently, you run on five hours of sleep and you're solid, you're going to be more successful because you're awake for more hours, working for more hours, right? Um, and then, like, so that's, like, coming from the, I guess, nature, nature side. So, like, your genetics, yeah. like, play a role in it. But then on the nurture side, it does play a role in it also. Like, you know, I grew up around entrepreneurs. People in my, like, I was, ex ex I believe entrepreneurship is a lot about exposure. I was exposed to entrepreneurship real early. Like, my dad, uh, my dad's, I could say, my dad's self-employed, yeah. right? Not really an, uh, a hyperscale entrepreneur in, in that sense, or like a scale entrepreneur. Yeah. There are different types of entrepreneurs. So a scale entrepreneur would be like uh, Mark Zuckerberg is a scale entrepreneur. Um, people who build unicorns. And then there are other entrepreneurs who are like, they run a small business. Like my dad runs a small contracting business. He's successful, mm. right? I consider him a successful business owner, but he's not a scale entrepreneur. He's a bit, yeah, so, he but growing up, growing up around like the idea that, oh, you could work for yourself, that's nurture. Right, people that didn't grow up around that, they they don't think that Definitely. they don't see themselves in that light. Where like, you feel me? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know exactly okay. what you're saying because yeah, like I my parents' it. experience, yeah. I can I can relate. It's all mindset because yeah. like, like we yeah. we all eat the same air, like eat the same air. We all <laughs> eat the same food and breathe the same air. Yeah. There's not much that differentiates us. It's all like how we picture ourselves in our heads, right? And yeah. a whole bunch of other physical stuff, but like how we how we picture our our ourselves in our heads. So I think like if you're exposed to different things, you can mm -hmm. picture yourself differently, put yourself in a different frame. And then there's a whole other stuff like grit plays a big role in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like how much grit do you have? Uh, yeah, it's like this whole, like I said, big equation, massive, massive equation. Yeah. No one knows all the and you keep adding variables. All the variables to yeah. yeah, keep adding variables. You keep taking yeah. away variables. You don't know what the tweaks are. Yeah. One variable affects the other. Yeah, yeah. that's life. <laughs> that is life. I like the way you see it. It's very mathematical. Uh, and uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so like in my ex in my experience, like mentally, like ex talking to people like you, talking to people that are more entrepreneurial, it opens my mind because very much so, my family they're all workers. They know get the job, get the best education, make a lot of money, but through work mm -hmm. rather than working for yourself. But my aunts and uncles that I know, they have all their own businesses. When I got to know them more, I started to like realize like, oh, I can do this too. But before that, I didn't talk to them as much. It wasn't mm -hmm. in my brain. So yeah. I think that definitely that plays a big yeah, role. I, I yeah, I agree with what you said kind of too because like I have the opposite of him. Even yeah. though we're like our family situation opposite. is kind of similar with five five brothers. Is so, like so yo so thing. basically his family he has three older sisters 
a younger okay. brother. I have three older sisters, a younger brother, almost exact same age. Both oh. of pairs of our parents are immigrants. My, my dad's like he works at Bombardier, he works at an aerospace company, and and then this is where we defer. My dad started his own company. Oh, cool. And okay, been running yeah. it in Canada when he came here for about thirty years now. Okay. So yeah. I seen that entrepreneurship oh, side of a small business, that. yeah. 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 Okay. So that's where I thought I can do it. So I'm just trying cool. to lead off of my dad's example. Right on. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think I could do it because my dad. Um, but it was just but a small piece. But it definitely like exposed of... me to the idea yeah. of like you know you could you could work yeah. yourself because you talk to a lot of people and like they've never been exposed. Well, they obviously know it exists, but by exposed, mm-hmm. I mean like you know you're living it. Uh, like what you did, like you. Yeah, so yeah. so those people like it's really tough to picture. It's like like honestly like there's a there's a bunch of well like right now like I feel like I could picture myself in any scenario because like uh just like you know you can you can discipline your mind to picture yourself in any scenario. But like before when I was younger, I couldn't picture myself like doing uh, a lot of stuff I'm doing today. I wouldn't have been able to just because like lack of exposure. Um, Lack of belief in myself because of that exposure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like. I get what you're saying. It's like biology. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Brain chemistry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weirdly understandable. Like you, create, you, create those, you create enough neural connections and then you're like, okay, I, I understand this. I have a. You know what I like? Uh, Elon Musk. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs push this a lot, but Elon Musk, like, I guess like, he's the most popular that pushes this idea, but of first principles thinking. And Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard like, about that. Yeah, once you understand things from like first principles, um, I guess like anything's possible, like in your head, or like you know if something's impossible, you'll know right away why it's impossible, just because like from this like first principles understanding of the way the world works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we all breathe the same air and eat the same food. Yeah, uh, is like my first principles way of saying like anyone could do anything. Yeah, Very cool. Uh, so. I was just trying to load up what the first principle is, so people can understand hey, it. Wait, if they don't. To, uh, sorry, I let I let Kenna ask a lot of the questions. I just I was making up questions. Cool. Okay. I was based on how, what I wanted to ask you. Right so if on. you want, uh, ask a few questions from that, and then I'm just gonna pull up the first principles from sure. Google, just so that anyone out there, just in case you don't know what the mm. first principle is. You have data? You have reception down here? Yeah. Oh shit. Same here. <laughs> we're like we're in a basement. We're like deep in a basement. I don't have reception. Kudo. I was just like, was it. so people say it's a uh, first principle is the basic assumptions that cannot be decided any further. Over 2,000 years, Aristotle defined the first principle as the first basis from which a thing is known. So once the thing is known, that becomes the first principle in a sense, right? Yeah. So that's for everyone out there, just in case you didn't understand what the first principle is or didn't know Elon Musk had that idea, go check it out. It's actually a great concept to think yeah. about. So in, in the interest of time, you want to ask the last three questions? We can, we can skip ahead. Mm. I know both you're a busy man. It's all good. Uh, like, who are the three people who have been most influential to you? Were they family members? Were they the popular? Three people most influential? I mean, like, obviously, like, my parents, right? Like, they, I spent, like, the majority of my time. My parents formed my, like, the way I grew up. So my parents are super influential in my life. Uh, my teachers, my, like, like, the people around me, right? The people I interact with, those are the most influential people. The people I work with, super influential um in my life but are you ta- are you speaking about like people i don't know yeah like, I mean, you could do it's only see it's up to you what you opinionated as what you think influences you like some people say their mom their dad their brothers their sisters their teachers mm. some people choose elon musk some people tesla nikola tesla they feel like right because it's up to you like our guest yesterday chose her boss because okay, cool. he was someone who inspired her like doing this startup like that is possible right 
and she told her oh, boyfriend. Man. Her boyfriend makes her love. Dude, so, there's so many. There's so many people I have to like. This is more of like sorry. a thank you to these people. Sorry to do this. Just thank <laughs> them out. Just thank them. Be like, thank everyone. Three most influential people. Okay. Damn. That's it, tough. I know it's a tough one. This will usually end off on the hard questions. Okay. <laughs> I really like. Uh, for for those of you familiar with Chinese philosophy. Oh uh, yeah. There's a, a character. His name is Lao Tzu. No one knows if he actually lived or not, but he's really changed my perspective. Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching, which is the second most second most popular book behind the Bible. Uh, so the Tao Te Ching is like the Taoist Bible. Taoism is a Chinese philosophy slash religion. Right. Right. Well, that's something um, I need to check out still. <laughs> Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu is very influential in the way I think. That's so cool. Um, I mean, Jesus was pretty influential in the way I think in terms of like. Yeah. In terms of like, like, yeah, you know, guys know, like Jesus was like a existence, technically like a hippie. He came and he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna help all the people who are marginalized in society, and like, uh, you know, like we're we're here to like help those people, help them find money, and like then institutional Christianity, you know, Change everyone knows the story. And then, yeah. uh, so I, I guess like those, those figures were like super influential in, in the way I think. Like philosophy is super influential in the way I think. Uh, there are a whole other slew of philosophers. I think in terms of technology, like Elon Musk is like, I, I really like, I know it's cliche, but like Elon Musk is like very, very like, I, he's influential to me. And like, um, you know, for someone to like have a startup auto, like startup car company, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like that's, that's ridiculous. already ridiculous. Yeah. But he also has a startup <laughs> rocket company. <laughs> and a startup like who knows what company. And, like, Solar, he's a scale, so scale entrepreneurs are very influential to me. But the only problem with Elon Musk about Tesla is he definitely did found, found Tesla. Well, he didn't, but he like scaled it. Yeah, he scaled it like scaled no it. tomorrow. I mean, like there are a lot of electric car companies, so like scale. So I mean, like Elon Musk is influential to me um, in the tech space. Uh, um, uh, Reed Hoffman is, is influential to me in the tech space because like, you know, to found PayPal and then to found LinkedIn and then to do like all the other stuff he's doing. That's, that's awesome too. There are a few uh, influential. You know who I really find influential? Entrepreneurs who start nonprofits. So uh, those those are like really cool. There's a, a nonprofit called Water. Oh yeah. Uh, that's very influential. Is, is it that Will, Will Smith's son? Or no. Just water? Is that's that just the water. one you think about where the guy goes to rivers and cleans up the pollutants from each river that's entering the oceans? Because there's like 18 or guys. I'm not too familiar with this company, but I know he like they build wells in communities that don't have water. Oh no, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, man, like Steve Jobs. There's so many. I can't name three. I know, I know. Bill Gates is like one of the. Because if you like, Reid Hoffman said this in his podcast too. He said if you think about people who achieved scale in tech and nonprofit, there's not a lot of people. It's Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, The Bill and Melinda Foundation, Bill Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, they're doing, like. Amazing work. Yeah. And Microsoft is like one of the most amazing companies in the world. Like yeah. Steve Jobs was amazing, man. Like there's so many amazing people. I can't name three. Don't sorry. worry. No, I, I appreciate I appreciate that honesty. And uh, the reason we ask is just to bring it the idea up, so okay. so people get an understanding. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of people. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> sorry to do that to you, man. <laughs> I saw that. I saw the gears so grinding. Sorry to ruin your question. No, 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 no. You no, made it even better. That's even. That's yeah. That's a good. But no, I've the not only is the water guy Wells. There's another young guy. Who's like Scandinavian? I forget his age. But he's mm-hmm. pretty young, like 18, under 20, and he pretty much you know how the world's plastics being polluting the oceans. What's right? his name? Sorry, I forget his name. So I how, well, nobody can it. look him up. 
Oh, this is unfortunate. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to look up it right now. It's uh, pretty much what it is. You know, while the plastic gets into the water yeah. systems yeah. through rivers, yeah. so you created this thing called it's like the a trap uh, through the rivers. So pretty much it's like a machine that stays at entrances of every river that mm-hmm. gets into the oceans, yep. and it'll collect all the plastic before ah, it enters the oceans. I've seen this. I've seen this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of like cool tech, and I really dig it that entrepreneurs are dedicating their energy uh, towards things that are like uh, life make us others. more productive as humans and make life better here on Earth, uh, make the planet healthier, stuff like that. I think that's that's mad cool yeah. for people. I think our generation is like well in tuned with this stuff especially because like social media we're, we're super aware globalization yeah. and like being so yeah. connected yeah. all right so what is one myth like what is one myth about entrepreneurship that you would like to debunk is there some things that people believe like is it people might think it's easy might people think uh that uh it takes a lot of money like yeah, i mean certain- like there's obviously like um because entrepreneurs are the minority of the population yeah. but they're essentially like some of the most powerful people in the population mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of there are a lot of myths yeah. right yeah um so there's there's a whole a whole lot of myths yeah. uh so i guess like i'm constantly debunking myths for myself there's still myths that i have yeah. like preconceived notions so i try there's just so many preconceived notions and so many myths that i try not to have any i just try not to like hold Open any mind. preconceived Open notions mind. about like any anyone and anything uh, because I, I constantly get debunked and then my whole view of the world shifts. Yeah. It's like I'm tired of getting my world view shifted. It's tiring. Yeah. So uh, I try not to hold any myth or thing. I guess like if I could pick one. Damn. So so I guess like, uh, I don't know. Do you have one I could debunk for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, one thing I... One thing you, I like a lot of people try to start companies with their friends and that people say that starting companies with your friends is not a good idea. Oh. You know, like, is that actually the fact? Cause you that's, seems, a, that's a good one, man. It seems you're working with your friends. Yeah. I mean like, uh, so here's, uh, I mean like, a, uh, actually I, I, I think that like a lot of people hold this, yeah. like I would say like, I don't want to put a number on it, but I would, if I would guess like 90, people. I would say 90 plus people hold some sort of myth about people you work with, whether that's like, yeah. You can't work with your friends, or you can't work with someone that you just met, yeah. or you can't work with like blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah, so blah. many. Yeah. I think this stems down to like relationship issues that are common among human beings. Whether yeah. it's you're founding a company together, you're yeah. getting married, you're on the same ball team, you're whatever, right? Hey, do you play ball? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I play ball. Oh, sick. Play all sorts of balls. Soccer, ball, leagues. basketball, basketball. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, I like sports. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so I think I think what it boils down to is, uh, are you? Do you first of all understand your relationship style, right? If so, people that for people that understand psychology, they understand that there are certain relationship styles and relationship dynamics. Um, so not everyone obviously has a degree in psychology. I don't. No. Um, but if people take the time to educate themselves on relationship dynamics and start to perfect it has a lot to do with ego uh, and how we see ourselves or what we want to take out of a relationship yeah, if people deep. can start to understand again just thinking of things logically if people can start to study and just dedicate a little bit of time to understand and read about relationship dynamics relationship psychology psychology of conversation um, psychology of, of uh, perception psychology of like there's so many things you can read and understand and start to like mm. break apart why relationships sometimes don't work 
why is it that I can't work with my friends? What's stopping? Like I'm in the camp that I'm in the camp of thinking that I could do anything, right? Uh, with enough energy, right? And I'm that 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 leaves me to like, okay, I can dedicate my energy because I have energy is finite and I have a limited amount of it. I can dedicate it to just about anything I want. I just have to decide if that's worth it. But there's nothing stopping me from doing anything. I just I need yeah, a certain amount of energy. So, um. I've I've worked with my friends several times, and uh, it's not been a problem. It's obviously like there every relationship has issues, but I'm I've come to this like conclusion that it's like people that can't work together have a lack of basic understanding of relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't take the time to educate themselves on it, and it only takes one person to educate themselves on this topic um, the to then balancer. educate everyone else on the topic. Yeah. And it's a very difficult thing to do, but if you want to be successful in relationships, any mm. type of relationship, you have to understand A, your relationship style, and then B, the relationship style of the person in front of you, uh, and then C, how to educate everyone else on like learning these things. That's how I see it. Cool. I like that. that bro, that was all right. And then the last a great one. answer. <laughs> the last and final one. Where yeah, can one, our listeners connect with you online? <laughs> yeah. Where can listeners connect with you online? Where can? Listeners connect with you online. Oh, I'm. I guess like yeah, I'm, I'm super open on social media. <laughs> Whoever wants to like reach out to me, uh, I guess LinkedIn is super easy. Wait, LinkedIn. don't don't just add me on LinkedIn. I don't I don't add people I don't know on LinkedIn. Mm. So, but you can shoot me a message on LinkedIn. You don't yeah. need to add me to shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, it's because that's not the way LinkedIn works. People know how LinkedIn works. Yeah, you, you have to actually know the person to be able to create recommendations. Come on, let's respect LinkedIn for what it was. Wait, wait, yeah. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I have a Twitter. Right? You can find yeah. me on Twitter. You can go on my company website. You can reach out to me on the company website. I'm super open. If you just search my name, yeah. like B-O-L-I-S, Bolus, yeah. it's super unique. You yeah, can't I found you me. easily. Yeah. yeah, it's super easy to find me. Yeah. You don't even need my last name. You Bolus. can just search my first name and you'll find me. No one has yeah. my first name. Yeah. And um, uh, So Twitter is, like is at Bolus Ibrahim? It's or? at underscore Bolus underscore. Because okay. someone probably found oh, out nice. who I was, tried stole my name. No, I'm just joking. There are yeah. other people in the world, but yeah. probably like you could ten other people. Yeah, but um, ten other bolses. <laughs> yeah, ten other bolses. But yeah, you can find me on uh, just Google me. You can and find me. You want to give him an opportunity to send a message out there if he feels there's a message you want to send. Right on. Okay. Um, Leave our listeners. The best gift you can give to the world is yourself. If you just think of if you think of yourself like that, if you just think about that like deeply, you will be the most successful, most awesome person because you don't have to be uh, a scale entrepreneur to be successful. And you don't have to be super rich to be successful. You don't have to be super successful to be successful in whatever way you think success is. You just have to be really good at giving yourself to the world. And I think if everyone did that, if everyone was like better at like positioning themselves as a gift to the world and a gift to other people, the world would be an awesome place to live. So I think the best gift you can give to the world is yourself. Wow. Uh, and then let the world manifest that whatever way it wants. Thank That's you for awesome. listening. I guess you guys close it off. Yeah. This was dope. <laughs> well, thank you, Bolus, for coming on the podcast one last time and Stop Boosting. And for everyone listening out, I hope you enjoyed this week's Stop Boosting. And you can find us out as find us at Stop Boosting 416. And you already heard where you can check out Bolus if you want to message him and just to ask him for more things. Mm. Because one message might lead you to new opportunities. Dope. I like that. Stop boosting. First principles. <laughs> we'll catch you if you if you don't stop boosting. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. No, you want to say anything? No, I'm good.